Welcome to SEC Unfiltered, home of the best SEC content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sports entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports. Pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of, they have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews as well. Guys, so many fans and listeners of SEC Unfiltered have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. Well, so again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from SEC Unfiltered sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And sort of by default, guys, this is not an indication of how I think his tenure is going to play out or, or or what he's going to do in Starkville. But at number 16, I've got Jeff Levy. And the reason is, guys, he's never been a head coach before, right? When you've never been a head coach, it's really hard to put a guy like that ahead of anybody else in the SEC or anybody else in whatever conference 
that is established, that's had success before, what have you. You know, I think Jeff Levy, obviously Mississippi State, hires him over from Oklahoma, had done great work for them, especially on the offensive side of the football. I think Jeff Levy, number one, I think he's going to be a massive upgrade over Zach Arnett, with all due respect to Arnett and what he was trying to do. It just didn't work out, right, after the passing of the late, great Mike Leach. Because of no experience, because there's just simply no resume to look at outside of what he's done as a coordinator, you got to put Jeff Levy number 16. But I am excited to see. You know, I think it's going to be, as you heard yesterday in our way too early record projections for 2024, I, I think it could be a tough year one, right? There's new systems that will be instilled. There's uh, there's new terminology, right? You got to get the players that fit your scheme, fit your system. But I think in the long haul, I think Jeff Levy could be a good answer in Starkville. I think he could get Mississippi State back to a fun style of football and, and, and get the Bulldogs back to at least respectability, making a bowl game consistently, getting back to that seven to eight win per year benchmark, if you will, that was once established for the Bulldogs. So number 16, I've got Jeff Levy. At number 15, <clears throat> I've got Vanderbilt head coach Clark Lee. Guys, it was a tough year for Clark Lee. And you're going to notice, by the way, in these way too early head coach rankings, there are some guys that last summer I had ranked much higher. There are some guys last summer that I had ranked much lower. That's because, obviously, guys, the 2023 season – there's some guys that their stock went up, and there's some guys that their stock went down. Because, listen, you're only as good as your last season. You're only as good as your last game. It's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business. And anybody in the business, whether it be on a coaching staff or around a program or what have you, anybody will tell you that. So at number 15, I've got Clark Lee. And, listen, he's in a really, really difficult situation. There's a lot of problems. You talk to Vandy folks, guys. There's a lot of problems with Vanderbilt football outside of just what Clark Lee has in his control. You know, Vanderbilt is still light years behind when it comes to NIL. They're still light years behind when it comes to competing in that space and realistically <clears throat> being able to go out and get some top players in the transfer portal and be competitive from an NIL standpoint. Guys, at this point, if you don't have the NIL backing, you're not going to pull in top talent. Now, I'm still a big fan of Clark Lee. I think Clark Lee, who's obviously a Vanderbilt guy, he cut his teeth at Vandy. He played at Vandy. I think he's a great fit for Vanderbilt football. But how much longer will they turn the other cheek to lack of success on the field? How long will his leash be at Vanderbilt after a really, really difficult season in 2023? And guys, you look at 2024, you look at what they've lost in the portal. I don't know that I see it getting much better, right? And so, you know, you look at that Vandy team last year, too. It felt like they kind of quit down the stretch, right? And it was a team that I think we were all really high on in the sense of for Vanderbilt football, you thought maybe this team could get back to five wins, right? Went five and seven in 2022. They were labeled as, I mean, that's the easiest over-under bet in college football, the over three and a half for Vandy. They're going to hit that just in non-conference play. And things obviously went off the rails with the loss early in the season to UNLV, and then things were just really, really ugly in SEC play. So Clark Lee at number 15, I'm holding out hope. I want Clark Lee to work out in Nashville. But again, to be fair, there's a lot outside of his control that 
is working against him. But things have got to get shored up, guys, from the coaching standpoint. Because you go look at that coaching staff. Our good friend Dave Bartu over at College Ball Matrix, I think he told me that's one of the worst staffs in college football, right? So that's something he's got to get shored up. We'll see if Clark Lee can turn it around. But number 15, Vanderbilt head coach Clark Lee. At number 14, I've got Billy Napier of the Florida Gators. One of the hottest seats in the SEC going into the 2024 football season, guys. And I don't know how Billy Napier survives it. You hate to pronounce someone, you hate to pronounce someone dead before they go through the ringer, if you will. But I mean, guys, you look at that 2024 schedule, you look at that slate, and you look at the team they've got. Yes, they have Graham Mertz coming back, but here's one of the biggest reasons why Billy Napier is down here at 14, guys. And I know Gator fans, you're out there, you would agree with this. The most disturbing thing about Florida football. In 2023 was this, the year one mistakes in year two, just the dumb things. Florida was a stupid football team in 2023, guys. There's no other way to put it. They were a dumb football team, right? From multiple guys wearing the same number on special teams to just just careless blunders, self-inflicted wounds, self-inflicted errors. Guys, Florida did everything poorly that a not very good football team does. Everything, everything they did, it was just indicating of a stupid football team. And I don't know how Billy Napier gets it turned around. He just hired an executive head coach for the defense. He's got two offensive line coaches. He's got no offensive coordinator. And he's got a gauntlet of a schedule that features 11 Power 5 opponents on it. Gainesville is not a place that you're going to get patience. It's just not going to happen, guys. And I don't even blame Florida fans for having high expectations and having high standards because there's no excuse for Florida football to not be a contender year in and year out. Billy Napier has got to make take major strides in year three, guys. I, I don't know exactly what the record has to be, but... If there isn't significant progress shown after a 5-7 and seven season in year two, guys, I do not think we're talking about Billy Napier as Gators head coach this time next year. At number 13, and again, this is a man, guys, his stock took a major hit. And I mean a major hit because of the struggles last season. Number 13, Sam Pittman of the Arkansas Razorbacks. Just an inexcusable year, guys. It was an inexcusable year. In 2023, in a disaster nightmare season, four and eight for the Arkansas Razorbacks, guys. I mean, even if you had conservative expectations, even if you question, okay, well, you know, Dan Enos, I don't know if this is really going to work at OC. You know, they still had KJ Jefferson. They still had Rocket Sanders. They still had a defense that I thought was going to take a step forward and, you know, still had talented football players, right? And Sam Pittman is a guy. You know, I guess you can call him a victim of his early success because he is a guy, he is a guy that, you know, year one takes over. That program was in complete disarray. And just winning an SEC game, a single SEC game, was a big deal. Year two, they go win nine games. They win the Outback Bowl. And it was like, wow, Sam Pittman's way ahead of schedule. Well, year three, they have a lackluster year, fall short of expectations. It wasn't necessarily a year which they fell off the cliff, but they fell short of very high expectations. And then this last year, guys, you can't go four and eight. You just simply put, cannot go four and eight. 
And so right up there by Billy Napier, arguably the hottest seat in the SEC is Sam Pittman. Again, what does the record have to be? Is six and six good enough to keep Sam Pittman around in Fayetteville? Does he have to go seven and five? Does he have to go eight and four? What does the record, what's the minimum expectation? You know, and when your AD is coming out late in the season and letting everyone know, hey guys, he's coming back next year. Well, that's the indication. You're in a one-year plan. And if you don't win, you're out. So Sam Pittman, a guy, guys, I, I just, I think he's a great fit for Arkansas. I, I think he's a guy that he was a personality hire. And I think Sam Pittman proved why it's so important to, if you're a personality hire, play up to that. Be liked, right? Because I think that's one of the reasons he probably didn't get canned this past year is because everybody looks at that and says, man, he's he's just so good for Arkansas. He's such a good fit for Arkansas. But at some point, guys, it doesn't matter how good of a fit you are. It doesn't matter how much of a personality hire you were and how much you fit that bill and, you know, how you're, you know, you fit the culture and you, you talk the lingo and you walk the walk. None of that matters if you don't win. No coach is immune to the effects of losing. It doesn't matter how great of a fit you are or how beloved you were or even are by the fan base. At number 12, I've got Mike Elko of Texas A&M. Now, this is probably going to be a lot lower than some will have him. But simply put, guys, the reason I do, just unproven in the SEC, Mike Elko did great work at Duke, right? Did great work at Duke. And if Riley Leonard did not get hurt this past season, Duke's probably a nine or maybe 10 win football team, right? Beat Clemson out of the gate last year. Like they were poised for a great season. And if you can win at Duke, you should be able to win at Texas A&M. I want to see Mike Elko prove it though, before I'm saying he's a top half of the league coach or we don't know that. You know what I mean? Like we're projecting it. We're projecting it. I, I think Mike Elko, you know, he's a Texas A&M guy, right? He was at A&M before Duke. I think the hire makes a lot of sense, but is he a home run hire? Is this a no-brainer? It's going to work, and he's going to meet the standards, especially that Texas A&M has. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I think there's things that point to yes, but we just simply don't know. So at number twelve, guys, again, it, it kind of goes back to the Jeff Levy thing, where it's like Mike Elko's been a head coach. So you don't have that knock on him, but he has no idea what he's doing but he hasn't been a head coach in the SEC. He's been a coach in the SEC, hadn't been a head coach in the SEC, though. So I'm going conservative early with Mike Elko. Love the upside, love the fit. Just need to see it play out on the field. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At number 11, guys, I've got Mark Stoops of Kentucky. This was a head coach that uh, his stock took a plummet for sure. It took a hit at least. Uh, I still like Mark Stoops at Kentucky, and there's a reason Texas A&M seriously wanted him, if not for pushback. I think probably Mark Stoops ends up in College Station. Um, But they underachieved last year, no question. I mean, they underachieved. What is going on with the offense at Kentucky? What's going on with the offensive line at Kentucky? Why lately is the physicality that we became so accustomed to seeing in Lexington? What, where is it going, right? And I know Liam Cohen was first-year OC, right, coming back, although it didn't feel like first year, but it was his first year back. And, you know, Devin Leary fell well short of expectations. We never saw Babryon Brown and Dane Key and that offense really click. Ray Davis had a solid year, right? You had the big win over Florida at home where you just blew out the Gators. But, I mean, guys – Outside of that, you know, you uh, you got blown out by Georgia. You lost to South Carolina in a really ugly game down the stretch, right? Offense couldn't do anything against the Gamecocks defense. You know, you did beat Louisville, so that was a positive, right, when you beat the arch rival. But you fumbled away the game against Clemson in the bowl game. So I, I just, you know, it, it wasn't a bad year for Kentucky necessarily. but. I think Mark Stoops, he's a great coach for Kentucky. Is he an elite-level SEC head coach? I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, do I think Mark Stoops deserves a shot at a bigger job? I think so, yeah, because, again, this is Kentucky football. Like You have to really, and I'm not trying to downplay Kentucky football. I'm not trying to speak ill of Kentucky football. But, guys, Kentucky's a basketball school. Like, can we just call it what it is? It is. It is, right? It's probably the only school in the SEC that values its basketball team and basketball program over football. And that's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, but it is the truth. So for the role that Kentucky football plays in that athletic department, for the role that it plays in the SEC, like Kentucky winning eight games a year is pretty good. So, you know, when you've got Kentucky football, I'll say this, when you've got Kentucky football to a point where seven and five is a bad year, that really speaks to what Mark Stoops has done. But with that being said, right, with that being said, the bar has been risen, and last year fell short of expectations, especially when you looked at who they had coming back. So, you know, we'll see. They did a lot of work in the portal. Brock Vandegrift at quarterback. They added Jamar Dumas-Johnson at linebacker position, right? They've shored up some positions in the portal, no doubt. We'll see if they're able to bounce back from a, quote-unquote, disappointing seven-win season in 2023. At number 10, I've got Shane Beamer of the South Carolina Gamecocks. Again, we talk about stock up, stock down. I'm not sure, guys, there was a coach in the SEC whose stock took a harder hit than Shane Beamer. And there are multiple reasons for that, right? And I think it's because, too, the stock had risen to such a place after 2022, after the way the Gamecocks ended that 2022 season where they beat Tennessee, 
They beat Clemson. I mean, we were talking about South Carolina potentially being a dark horse in the SEC East and matching their eight-game win total and, and maybe winning nine games, maybe being that, you know, that that Tennessee that what they were in 2022, maybe South Carolina being the 2023 version of that. And from start to finish, it was a nightmare for South Carolina fans. From start to finish, that was a season that fell short of expectations. I mean, when your best win of your season is against the Kentucky team that underachieved in a game that was a snooze fest, would have put you to sleep. You had to ride the defense to win the football game. When that's your signature win of the season, and then outside of that, you beat a Mississippi State team that fired its head coach, and then you beat Furman, you beat, who else did you beat? Jacksonville State on a pick six to seal a game. Very easily could have lost that game, then beat Vanderbilt, right? So, I mean... It was a season that I think really, you know, Shane Beamer's stock was affected. Let's call it what it is. Also, not just on the field, but off the field. I mean, Shane Beamer somehow, some way had a knack for making national headlines, not regional headlines, not conference-wide headlines, national headlines on a week-in, week-out basis because of these tirades and these outbursts and kicking a water cooler, and I mean, just one thing after another, after another. I will be very interested to see the response from Shane Beamer and his South Carolina football program in 2024, because again, I don't think there was a coach whose stock plummeted more than Shane Beamer's, not just because of what happened on the field, but because of the antics, the tirade, not acting as a CEO of the program, which is what he was hired to do, acting out of emotion rather than logic, you combine all those things, guys. It was a nightmarish 2023 for Shane Beamer, and for that reason, he is 10th on our way-too-early head coach rankings entering the 2024 season. At number nine, guys, I've got Brent Venables of the Oklahoma Sooners. I think Brent Venables has set up Oklahoma well, guys, to come into the 2024 season and enter the SEC, a 10-win season for the Sooners after a really tough year one. And I think Brent Venables, the guys, is doing things necessary to put Oklahoma in the best possible position. Now, he's still very early on in his head coaching tenure. But again, to go from year one to year two, guys, from what, it was a six or seven-win season, the, the defense was historically bad, to go from that to winning 10 games? And knocking off your arch-rival Texas, hey, that's a pretty solid year, two in my opinion. So I think Brent Venables, I think he's a coach, despite the bowl game loss to Arizona, I think he's a coach where his stock is trending up. I think Brent Venables is going to establish himself as one of the better coaches in the SEC. Again, I've got him ninth right now because he's still so early on in his coaching tenure. But I think Brent Venables, if I had to buy stock one way or another, I would buy it up on Venables. I like what he's doing at Oklahoma now again. You guys heard my way to early predictions yesterday. That does not mean Oklahoma may not suffer a tough year one in the SEC because this is going to be a brand new ball game with the Sooners. But I do like Brent Venables a lot as a head coach. I'll be interested to see what he does as a defensive coordinator spot, getting rid of Ted Roof. Uh, but I think they're in good hands. And has to replace Jeff Levy as well. So there's going to be some change. There's going to be some transition. But I like Brent Venables at OU at number nine. At number eight, I've got Hugh Freeze of the Auburn Tigers. Now, it was a topsy-turvy year one, guys. It, it was a topsy-turvy year one. It was all over the place, right? You had the highs of, of competing with Alabama and with, with Georgia and 
you had the lows of losing to New Mexico State and fourth and 31. And, and I mean, you know, getting to a bowl game, guys, I thought in year one of Hugh Freeze, I thought that was a successful season. I really did. Going all the way back to SEC media days last year, when I heard Hugh Freeze say, hey, be patient with us, have patience, that told me that, hey, you know what? Hugh Freeze is telling his fan base, we like what we have, but we're not there yet. We're not there yet. You look at the way they recruited as well, guys, the fourth-ranked class in the SEC, one of the top classes in all of college football. Uh, They're doing work in the transfer portal as well. And then Hugh Freeze taking over the play calling, man. I am so excited to see that. I don't know why this wasn't the case in the jump. Out with Philip Montgomery, who destroyed that Auburn offense. I think they're going to make a major leap forward to the offensive side and defensively, guys. They do have to replace Ron Roberts, but Auburn is loaded, I think, on the defensive side of the football in regards to talent. And then, guys, you just look at Hugh Freeze's tracker. He just wins. He wins, man. I mean, the reason you can look at this past season. Yes, they lost to New Mexico State. Things like that can happen, guys. Look all the way back at Nick Saban's first year when they lost to UL Monroe. I'm not saying that Hugh Freeze and Auburn are going to be that, but those kinds of things can happen when you're changing a culture and when you're when you're instilling new things and you're just you take over. It's kind of topsy turvy in year one. But you look at those games against Georgia, you look at those games, that game against Alabama, guys, the whole reason Auburn is in those games is because of what Hugh Freeze is, is a head coach. So I've got a middle of the pack, but I tell you guys, Hugh Freeze and the Auburn Tigers, I think it will not be, it'll be sooner rather than later that he's got them up near the top of the SEC. I've got Hugh Freeze right now going into 2024 at number eight. At number seven. I've got Josh Heupel of the Tennessee Volunteers, and this might be low. This might be low in some people's minds, and I get that. Guys, you really have to take into account the coaching talent that is in the Southeastern Conference. Like, when you look at the guys that are in the SEC, it's a damn impressive list, okay? So Josh Heupel, he's one of the best coaches, I think, one of the best offensive minds in college football. He's the seventh best coach in the SEC. When you got to rank them, guys, somebody's got to be seventh. It's it's just tough. There's a lot of really good coaches. I like Josh Heupel a lot. Um, you know, I, I thought a year three for Tennessee under his leadership. I think Tennessee football, guys, is in a great place. I really do. You take over in year one. You win seven games. Guys, he took over a disaster. Like, he took over a disaster. Tennessee football hadn't won anything of even remote significance in over a decade. They had, like, 40 guys into the portal when he got there. Take over, you win seven games. Then you have that 11-win season, right? That 11-win season in 2022 in which you win the Orange Bowl, right? Then, this past year, I think Tennessee met expectations. I really do. I, you, you win nine games. You go eight and four regular season. There was the expected drop-off from Hendon Hooker to Joe Milton. Now, why did Nico not play anymore? I don't know, guys. Maybe he just won. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. away. Let's give full credit. Iowa was one of the best defenses in all of college football entering that game. 
You finish the season with nine wins. I mean, I, I think if you're establishing a floor of eight wins in a regular season at Tennessee, guys, there's not a Vol fan right now, if you're being honest with yourself, starting out in the Josh Heupel era, after what you went through for 15-plus years, there's not a Vol fan right now that would not sign up for an eight-win eight, eight win floor. There's not a Vol fan right now that would not sign up for that. So I think Tennessee football is in great hands with Josh Heupel. I think we're going to see that even more in 2024 with Nico taking over at quarterback, Brew McCoy and Squirrel White back at Washington. I think that offense is going to not miss a beat. I think the defense is improving. I don't think that's talked about enough how good that front seven was in 2023. Josh Heupel, number seven on my list, but make no mistake, one of the best coaches in the SEC. At number six, you talk about a stock riser from 2023 to now. At number six, guys, and again, hard to believe after this past season, there's five guys ahead of him, but it speaks to the depth of the league. I've got Eli Drinkwitz of the Missouri Tigers. What a turnaround. What, what, a, what an ascension for a guy that this time last year, guys, Missouri fans are ready to cut loose. Missouri fans were truly ready to at least entertain the conversation of, you know what? Maybe this guy ain't it. Maybe this guy, maybe we should go a different direction. Is he really cut out for this in the SEC? I mean, I, I compared Eli Drinkwitz, guys. I said he was the Jeff Fisher of college football. Goes 500 every year and somehow gets extensions and keeps his job, and that's all she wrote. So, Eli Drinkwitz, though, what he did this past season, leading Mizzou to an 11-win campaign, including that Cotton Bowl win over Ohio State, winning SEC head coach of the year, well-deserved, by the way, you cannot say enough good things about what Eli Drinkwitz has done with that Missouri football program. Guys, a Missouri football program that, and I and I think Eli Drinkwitz, one of the reasons he's such a good fit there, guys, MIZ's got this chip on their shoulder, right? And I think Eli Drinkwitz does as well. Because, you know, Missouri's just disrespected at every turn. Shouldn't be in the SEC. They're this, they're that. I mean, you have programs, guys, that have done less in the SEC in their entire history than Missouri has done in, what, a decade of being in the league that still find ways to throw shade at Mizzou. Still find ways. So Missouri is arguably the most disrespected team in the SEC. And I think Eli Drinkwitz, I think he embraces that. I think he is a great fit for that program. Again, that chip-on-the-shoulder mentality and what he did this past year, man, with Brady Cook, Luther Burden, Theo Weiss, Cody Schrader at running back, that defense. I mean, their only losses, guys, were to LSU and Georgia in Athens. Only two losses for Mizzou. So, Eli Drinkwitz, in the span of a year, has turned Mizzou from, you know, a, a, a bottom-of-the-pack, six-win SEC team, no big deal, to we're realistically going to be talking about Mizzou being a college football playoff contender in 2024 and it all starts with the head man, Eli Drinkwitz, number six in our rankings. At number five, I got Brian Kelly of LSU. A year two that certainly, guys, fell short of expectations. Uh, but you do win 10 games, right? You go nine and three in the regular season. The, the fact that the defense under Matt House got to the point that it did is inexcusable. I mean, guys. The bowl game exemplified how special Jaden Daniels was, how valuable he was to LSU football. They don't have Jalen Daniels, guys. 
they probably don't win seven games. I mean, really, truly. That's how bad the defense was and how much Jaden Daniels bailed them out, not just with his arm, but with his legs as well running the football. Um, you, you know, I, I think things are still on course for the Brian Kelly era at LSU. Obviously, the expectations, guys, are to compete for a college football playoff spot, win the SEC, win national championships, right? We know the expectations, what they are in Baton Rouge. You know, a nine-win regular season, 10 wins with the bowl game, I don't think it was enough to really drop Brian Kelly down, if you will. Um, wasn't going to put him below, obviously, Eli Drinkwitz. He beat Eli Drinkwitz. And you look at LSU and who they lost to, lost to Ole Miss, Alabama, and Florida State. They only lost two SEC games, right? So, I mean, I, I, I'm still very high on Brian Kelly. I think the move hiring Blake Baker away from Missouri was huge. I think that LSU defense, guys, because they got dudes. They got dudes everywhere. When, when it's not panning out on the defensive side at LSU, you know it's not a talent issue. It's an X's and O's. It's a coach issue. So I think making that move, kudos to Brian Kelly for doing so. I think you can expect year in, year out, they're going to be solid offensively. I'm curious what the drop-off from Jaden Daniels to Garrett Nussmeyer is going to be. I know Nussmeyer, how he looked in the bowl game. I know he's capable, but guys, we're talking about the Heisman Trophy winner. By default, there's going to be some sort of dropout. The question is, how much? So, Brian Kelly, number five, guys, still really high on him in the Bayou Bengals, number five on our list. Number four, guys, and maybe the hottest commodity in the SEC, believe it or not, going in 2024. I got Lane Kiffin, the Ole Miss Rebels, man. The job that Lane Kiffin, we really have to appreciate what he's done at Ole Miss, guys, because this is not, you know, this is, I mean, think about it. Ole Miss just won 11 games for the first time in program history. Like, this very well may be the golden era of Ole Miss football. Like, it, it's never been better to be an Ole Miss fan than it is right now, right? And then you look at what they've done in the transfer portal. I mean, they're grabbing SEC talent left and right, Power 5 talent. Left and right, dude after dude after dude after dude after dude, man. They're pushing the chips all in on a college football playoff appearance in 2024. And, you know, Lane Kiffin, he's a quirky dude, man. He works in mysterious ways. But he knows how to get the job done. And that's all that matters in the SEC, folks. Ole Miss has become a national brand and a brand that folks are looking at that when they're making their way too early you know, college football playoff, top 12s, whatever, or when they're talking about it this summer, Ole Miss is going to be there. It's because of Lane Kiffin. What he's done with that Rebels football program is nothing short of incredible. So Lane Kiffin, number four in our way too early head coach rankings. Number three, guys, I've got Steve Sarkeesian of the Texas Longhorns. Is Texas back? I think they are. I think they're back to being a top contender in college football and being a team that, you know, again, when we talk about the 12-team college football playoff, I think Texas is one of those that you say, okay, they're a shoe in right? Just went to the college football playoff, obviously lost to the Washington Huskies, who made an appearance in the national title game. I, I think despite that, guys, despite losing to Oklahoma in the regular season, right, they were Big 12 champions. I know we're all curious and intrigued to see, okay, what's, what's the transition like to the big bad SEC I think with Quinn Ewers more than likely returning, you got Arch Manning waiting in the wings. They're still going to be loaded, guys, across the board when it comes to talent. And again, I think Sark is the reason. Guys, you saw Sark's coaching prowess early in 2023 when they went to Alabama. And I mean, dude, Sarkeesian ran circles around Kevin Steele. He ran circles around Nick Saban with the offensive game planning. So 
I think because of that, guys, you look at him, I think he's not only one of the top coaches in the SEC, he's one of the top coaches in the sport at this point. Number three, Steve Sarkeesian of the Texas Longhorns. At number two, now this is where it gets fun, right? Because this time, or not this time, last summer, if you will, when I did head coaching ranking is going into the 2023 season, well, after back-to-back national championships, I had Kirby Smart at number one, Nick Saban number two, right? And so the question for me when I made these rankings was, am I going to stick with that? Am I going to stick with that? Who is the, basically, this is a conversation of who's the best head coach in college football right now and who's the second best? Because that's what we're talking about. That's what we're breaking down right now. Who's the best coach and who's the second best coach? At number two, I do have Kirby Smart of the Georgia Bulldogs. The reason is, guys, if you're asking me long-term who am I buying stock in, well, I'm going Kirby Smart. I think he's got, obviously, more gas in the tank. And, you know, listen, they went, they've gone, what, 30-1 and in their last 31 games. One bad Saturday, like I talked about a couple days ago, one bad Saturday cost Georgia the opportunity to win three straight national titles, right? But you have to put respect on the GOAT, and that's something I didn't do last year, guys. That's something I didn't do. I just simply put, until Georgia can show more consistency and going up against and beating Alabama, that's just something they have not done, right? Until they can do that, I got to put Kirby Smart too, man. I mean, obviously, Georgia's a monster. Georgia's a beast. Everything Kirby Smart is doing, everything he touches is gold. They got more talent than arguably anybody in college football. All the buttons Kirby Smart pushes are the right buttons. He hires Mike Bobo. They got one of the best offenses in college football. He's got Glenn Schumann at D.C. They're the best defense in college football. Will Muschamp is a co-defensive coordinator. Hey, doing great things for them. I mean, it's just one thing after another. There aren't many chinks in the armor over at Georgia. You know what I mean? And then you talk about what he does for his football team. There's nobody better in college football at motivating their football team. You saw this, guys, in the Orange Bowl, right? Because one team was unmotivated. The other was there to kick some ass. And that was the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia had every opportunity to do what Florida State did and say, you know what? If we didn't win the national title this year, our season was a bust anyways. I'm opting out. I don't care. I don't want to play. What's the point? Georgia's team had every opportunity to do that. You know why they didn't? Because they've got a guy in Kirby Smart who's created a culture there, who's built a program where guys want to give their all for the G on the helmet. Guys want to give their all for Georgia. Guys want to build. They care about the future of the program versus Florida State, who was a team of mercenaries. I'm not saying that's the wrong way to do it. It's just a different way to do it, and you saw the results play out on the field. So, Kirby Smart, one of the best in the business, guys. I've got him at number two, and at number one, again, I just have to simply put respect on the GOAT's name at number one. I've got Nick Saban, and the reason is, guys, again, I think 2023 was Saban's best coaching job in his entire coaching career, taking that football team that had a a number of holes that we are just simply put not used to seeing from an Alabama football team and taking them all the way to the college ball playoff. And then, guys, simply Nick Saban beat Kirby Smart head-to-head. With that team, I mean... I learned my lesson the hard way, guys. I I learned my lesson the hard way last summer. I did. I learned my lesson the hard way. 
I picked Bama to go nine and three. I picked Kirby Smart, number one, Nick Saban, number two. And all the GOAT did was find a way to make me and you and many of us out there look foolish. So put respect on the greatest of all times. Name Nick Saban until we see otherwise, until we truly see the program start down a demise. He simply put, guys, the best in college football and the greatest of all time to ever do it. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.